Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode two of The Searchcast. I'm your host, Zach Martin. And with me today is co-founder of Pours for Scores, none other than Zach Mitchell. Zach, how are you doing today, man? Doing good, my fellow Zach. How are you? Oh, you know, just enjoying this Friday afternoon. The weather's been surprisingly decent. It was like 38 this morning when I woke up, and then it's like 70 degrees. So it's like, what are we doing here? (laughs) It's like, come on. This weather's been insane the last couple of days. I don't know how it's been up there for you guys. I work from home and I haven't been outside today, so it could be really nice. And I don't think I know the difference, but <laughs> um, I don't think it's 70. Oh, geez. Yeah, I think it was like yesterday. I got up at like seven o'clock. It was like 28 degrees. And I had to like scrape the ice off my windshield because luckily I'm from, a, I'm from Ohio. So I remember like I always just keep my scraper in the trunk of the car. And then next thing I know, it's noon and it's like 70. And I was like, wait, not even four hours ago, like five, five hours ago, it was like 28 degrees and I'm scraping ice off my car. And now I'm like sweating to death in my hoodie. Like, what? <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. can very much relate. Being from Michigan, I have a scraper too, like a good one. And like, yeah. I needed to use it Wednesday. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you would think, you know, us moving from the northern states, we kind of like, you know, we get a nice little flow of weather, but apparently not so much when it comes to how it is these days. So it's like, all right, well, layer up. And then if you need to shed some clothes later on in the day and just hope for the best. <laughs> but um, yeah, so today, you know, we're going to, you know, go over the games in Ontario against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. Unfortunately, we have to do talk about those games, but. We do get to talk about last night's game against the Boston Bruins, which is fun. So whenever everyone's hearing this podcast, uh, we are recording on Friday. This will come out Sunday. So this will be after the Minnesota game. So there's in terms of the timeline, this is what we're at today. Um, and then, you know, we're going to also go over about Porsche scores, like what, you know, you, Zach, what you do and everyone else over there, like what you guys are all about. And stuff like that in case people don't know what pours for scores do so which is really fun on twitter if you're ever a uh, part of that group uh it's a lot of fun to do that and then we got some fan questions so pretty laid back pretty easy show today um so zach are you ready to go and start talking about some uh, hurricanes hockey from this past week i am ready i am ready all right so unfortunately um it was an interesting back-to-back on uh Monday and Tuesday, uh, up there in um, Ontario, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Carolina did get a point on Monday. They lost to Toronto 4-3 in overtime, and they lost to Ottawa, 
relatively enough, 4-3, but this time in regulation. Um, <laughs> I would say the Toronto game was probably a better game for the Hurricanes in the compared to the two, besides maybe the third period against Ottawa. But, like, what were your thoughts into that Toronto game? Like, you know, first game back, just got done with the All-Star break. The team's up there, 500 fans, not really used to it, and you kind of had, like, a mix of, like, like synthetic, like – crowd sounds and actual fans there but like what are your thoughts overall though with how that first game was back from all-star break yeah between those two games toronto and ottawa i really wish they were flipped because i expected the way we started the ottawa game to be how we were going to come out against toronto uh but that wasn't the case the toronto game i thought was really good i felt like a really like well-fought battle between like two playoff teams they got the upper hand in the end, but it was a pretty good game, I thought, from us for the most part. Uh, I don't really have many complaints on the first game, but it was pretty solid. They just got a little break. Some of their goals were really fluky, too. Like yeah. the first one went like behind Freddie and then in, and like the Marner goal, like the third goal. Like, I don't even oh, know what geez. happened. There, there was like a cluster of people at the blue line, and then somehow he got it all by himself. Like, I don't even remember exactly how that happened, but kind of fluky goals but pretty good game against Toronto yeah it was interesting like you said the fact that you know Matthews scores two goals like the second one was off a set play on the power it was like a off a set play and the first one was just awesome awesome as at the right place but yeah that that uh Mitch Marner goal yeah it looked like I think it was like Ian Cole or someone like that got taken down by like two Maple Leafs like right behind him and somehow it just got right up to Marner's stick he caught it no one's near him and unfortunately he dumps it home and then, of course, in overtime, you know, he gets the puck and Freddie initially saves it. But I could see why he was like trying to flip around and see like where the puck was and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it was just Marner once again, the right place, right time. It was like Toronto only had two guys score for them. It was Matthews and Marner. So it's like and plus Marner's been on a stupid tear as of late for the Maple Leafs. So it's just what can you do? You know, it's just yeah, and that's not normally the case. A lot of Hurricanes games, when we play against Stars, we shut down the Star players and, like, their second, third, fourth liners get some goals against us. Like, for example, every time we play the Oilers, like, I can't recall McDavid scoring against us. Yeah. I'm sure he has, but it doesn't feel like it, at least the past few times. We normally shut down, like, the Star players, but, yeah. Toronto was tough. Um, no, I mean, that was a good game, though. Yeah, Congrats I mean. to them. They're a good team. Yeah, yeah, they're a really good team, and it's not like, you know, it is it is what it is. Like, it's always whenever Carolina and Toronto face each other, it's always an interesting how it's going to work out. I feel bad for Freddie, though, for the fact that it's his first game back in Toronto and stuff like that, and he, like, he does get a tribute video, which is nice, but it's in front of, like, 500 fans. Like, you kind of wish it was more of, like, a full, a full house. You know, everyone's cheering for him and stuff like that. It's just, unfortunately, it, it's the restrictions or the regulations in Ontario right now is so all over the place. It's like, it's crazy to have 500 fans and that's it. And you still have like that, like not really full authentic crowd sounds. <laughs> it's just, it's still, throw, I think it, it still it throws me off. It has to throw those guys off because they're still used to going to like almost packed arenas. And then you're in Toronto. There's like nobody at all. Yeah, it was really jarring the first time the crowd was loud against the Bruins last night. 
because it was like the two games that were quiet and then like they had like one good shot attempt and like everyone's yelling I'm like oh I forgot there's actually people in the <laughs> arena this time that was surprising yeah right it, yeah it's definitely wild because I think I saw the attempt like they say the attendance was like 500 but it was like two point like four percent of the actual arena seats it's just like what like two percent of the arenas there it's 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 wild how that was though but i mean in terms of the game you know neither need a writer scored first that was good uh you know then it was two one after two after two periods then tony d'angelo scored then Derek stefan you know made it three two and then unfortunately mitch martyr got you know the tying goal and the game winning goal but I mean, overall, though, it's like it wasn't even our like our quote unquote star player scored in that game. I mean, Nino's still. I mean, Nino's been really good for us. That's it's still insane how we got Nino Niederreiter for <laughs> Victor Rask. It's still the most epic fleece job I've ever seen from Carolina. Just oh yeah, we'll just give you this dude for Nino. Like thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, love it. Absolute uh, steal. Yeah. Um, I do want to get your thoughts though on you know Tony D'Angelo. I know it's kind of like there's that there is that mix of some fans don't want him here, some fans do want him here, and it's more so of like it's an interesting conversation to have with fans in terms of like how do you view Tony? So like, I, like what are your thoughts on TDA being in Carolina? Yeah, uh, this has been a tough one, obviously. Um, if you've been on any social media, if you've talked to any Hurricanes fans, it's been divisive, to say the least. Um, I personally did not like the signing at all. Um, I've had a lot of, I personally had run-ins with him on Twitter. He tweeted at me once and like said that I have no life and stuff. I don't have the exact tweet anymore because he deleted his account. But yeah. that happened. So wasn't a fan of his at all uh, when we signed him. Obviously, he has a seemingly really bad history. It's really hard, though, to get, like, the details of what he's done. Like, I've seen what he's been suspended for, and the Rangers signed him and then cut ties with him. So obviously, he's got a lot uh, going on. But personally, what I really do is, you know, I trust Brendan Moore. I trust Slavin. I trust Stahl. I trust Aho, like our leadership group. And they've had nothing but good things to say. And they're around him every day. I'm not. So for me to make an opinion on the man based on what I've heard when I put my trust in these other folks and they're saying good things, like if I don't trust their opinion on that, then like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. I have to trust them. <laughs> like I, yeah, I'm putting sure. them in. So it's hard, but obviously if we're just to evaluate on the ice, he's been like really good for us filling in like pound for pound for what Dougie was doing offensively. And then I know we can get to it uh, in a bit here, but what he did in the Bruins game, standing up for Aho trip, Tracy was highlighting how that was like a momentum turner for the game. Oh yeah. And it, it very well could have been like it, it the guys love that. That's really important to have on the ice. Something we've certainly lacked since uh, Michael Furland uh, left. We had that for a little bit with him, yeah, but not bit. really much since. Yeah, it's interesting because I know, like, I know that's another debate too, like, like between Dougie and Tony. And I like, I like both. Like, I like Dougie. I mean, everyone loves Dougie. TDA, yeah, for me that was a weird signing too because the fact of the situation in New York, and I think. Like I'm on, I'm on the same page with you. I think with the fact of how Rod set the culture up of this team, and the fact of how everyone else is too, and everyone's 
likes him. I think that he's in, I think putting him in the right culture with the right coach and the right group of guys around him. And the fact that you're in Carolina, I think it's more so of being like, Hey man, like you need to get your off off ice stuff taken care of because you really don't want to come in here and mess up the chemistry that this team has because this team under RB under rod made the playoffs every year, deep playoff, deep playoff runs almost every year or two. And it's like, if you want to come in here, you actually have to, you know, take care of yourself on ice, but also off ice. So I agree with you. I think it's the fact that of them making him clean up his shenanigans off ice. I still think it's a weird area to be in because, yeah, when he was in New York, like you said, he was volatile on Twitter for the most part. But then it's like he gets to Carolina and it seems like, yeah, he doesn't have his account. We saw his Instagram and stuff like that. But he seems like a, like you said, everyone seems to like him. Teammates like him and everyone else like that. So it's definitely a weird area to be in in terms of like, how are you with Tony D'Angelo? when it comes to his on ice productions, but then looking at him as a person off ice. So I can agree with you. It's, it's definitely a weird gray area when it comes to TDA, but on ice dude's got like, as of, you know, the Ottawa game, he had 28 assists. So, and he leads the team in goal, the defenseman in goals. So he's offensive, which is something we need for sure. Yeah, I mean, he makes a lot of mistakes, too. Uh, I was re-watching oh, yeah. highlights from the Ottawa game, and mm-hmm. um, I think it was the second Brady Kachuk goal. Like, he didn't, like, go up and man him up, and then he got the rebound and scored. So he makes mistakes. We got to, you know, highlight that, too. He's not oh, yeah. perfect by any means. No, but, no. You, um, yeah, you can definitely tell us that he's an offensive defenseman. Like, he does play some defense, but, yeah, it's t- it's kind of sketchy here and there. That's for sure. But it is what it is. I'm curious to see what the Hurricanes are going to do after this year. Like, do they keep him or do they move on from him? It's, I don't know. It's, I definitely don't envy Don Waddell's job of trying to figure out contract extensions and stuff like that, too, because he's got a lot of guys that he has to keep. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the Ottawa game. Oofdas. That was. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll, the first two periods was absolutely rough. And for whatever reason, and I tweeted this out, and I'm, I still feel like it is, Ottawa is like Carolina's kryptonite. There's always that one team, that one team that always is a thorn in the side for for any team in hockey. I think we have ours in Ottawa. Because every time we played them this year, it's been either it's been all close games. It was like 3-2 at their place, 3-2 at our place. And then it was 4-3 back in Ottawa. Like, I don't know what it is with Ottawa. They always seem to give us a hard time. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of any like matchup reasons or anything other than just maybe we just don't get up for them. You know, like we don't, you know, play our best. We take the little off the gas. Um, it's it is what it is. Ottawa's not yeah. making the playoffs. We'll see them next season. Um, let's see if they can do it again next year. But yeah. um, they're not going. We're we're done with them. Uh, I'm just so glad their games have not been fun that this one this week was really tough going down four goals is never fun yeah no it was definitely rough and i've 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app or go to betmgm.com and enter code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. It's it's weird to me how like the, for the fact that the first two periods it just seemed like they could not get anything going like they couldn't string passes together defense well it seemed like Ottawa almost played Carolina's game where like they put it in the areas raced after beat Carolina to all the spots where the puck was at just they kept putting pressure on Carolina it's almost like they played our game and for every reason like the defense was just never ready to stop it. So I think that was kind of like eye-opening for the Hurricanes is the fact that, oh, someone can stick with us if they use our system against us and if we're not ready for it. Because typically when the Carolina plays everyone else, it's kind of hard to stay with the Hurricanes because it's almost a track meet with how much speed this team has. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we saw it there in the third period. We I want to see the stats. I, I'm sure I could find it. I don't have it handy, but – our goal differential in the third period, it feels like we've outscored teams like 50 to 10 or more yeah. in the third period alone. Like we dominate the third period. Uh, I don't know if the data bears that out, but that's certainly how it feels. But I mean, even the Ottawa game where we were losing for nothing. If you think about it, if Aho just shot that one puck oh. at the end of the first period, oh, like man. one mile per hour faster. And if Svetch didn't make that stupid clear up the, mi- the middle for their fourth goal, if both those things flip, then we win, right? Like, oh, yeah, so for sure. It was so close, even though it didn't feel like it. So, yeah. yeah ended that... up... No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying it ended up being not that bad. Like, if those two little things flipped, then it's a whole other game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that one, it's like you see it going. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's 2-1. They, they got it back in. Then it's like by point zero, like zero one. You're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, really? And then I think it was Walt and a couple other people that I saw on Twitter were like, you know, that Aho goal stand up that we're talking a completely different game. It can be two, one instead of three, nothing to start the second period. Because if break check doesn't get that goal, at like eight seconds in, it'd be a whole different game. And it's like, ah, that all that, that disallowed Aho goal really kind of like summed up the hurricanes in the first two periods. Like they couldn't buy a goal. But then, luckily, they showed up and they they got it back on in the third. They made an interesting game, but it's kind of tough coming back down from four nothing and doing it in doing it in a period. But 
Luckily with this team, you don't want to see a whole lot of quit in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, we came down, came back from down four once already in 2022. Uh, almost did it again. Just feel like we're a little behind. Like both the goals that we scored were a little too late to really make a push. But yeah. we got it down within one with like a minute left. We had a yeah. chance. Yeah, I had a chance. So, you know, like I said, at least luckily there's like no quit in this team. At least you know that really any given night, no lead is technically safe against Carolina. Unless you're talking about the Columbus game where they lost. <laughs> that yeah, we're not talking about the Columbus game. Yeah, no. <laughs> Throw luckily, that away. Yeah, yeah, luckily that was like a, a far enough ago. We don't have to worry about it too much. But last night's game in Boston was a whole lot of fun. I was enjoying it. I know everyone else was. And there was a lot of people in Boston, too, that were Carolina fans. I saw a lot of Caniacs on TV, which was so great to see. The fact that it's like taking it to them in their own barn for the second time this year. It's it's just felt it just felt nice, especially after the game is in Ontario. To come into Boston's place and just absolutely shut them out six nothing. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. And Boston is a real big measuring stick for this team uh they eliminated us in 2019 in 2020 <sighs> you know that kind of thing sticks with guys like Aho, guys like slavin that have been through this like they eliminated and ended their season twice like that yeah. means so much more because that's been our kryptonite and then the lightning last year but before that boston has been a big uh thorn in our side so it kind of feels like you know that like 80s basketball where like michael jordan couldn't get past the pistons and then <laughs> once he finally did then he won like three championships so it's like is that what we're seeing maybe but yeah i'm sure that felt great for these guys that have been through uh those past series yeah i think it was abby labar on twitter i think she said like the like the room after that game was just loud and everyone was loving it for the fact that like you said like these guys have been through battles with boston the fact that it seems like every time we play it seems like every time carolina and boston play each other it's always a physical game and it seems like both teams just hate each other like it's almost like the rivalry you never think you'd have but we kind of have it just as a fact of how these two teams are because the fact that you got physicality and speed and like just overall good players on both sides it definitely makes it interesting for sure and the fact of that carolina came into their building shut them out for the second time this year and only given up one goal in three games like that's the, and that's the part i really love i saw on twitter i think it was hurricanes pr that they put out there that was actually the was like freddie anderson three and oh with a point 33 goals against average and like a 990 save percentage against boston this year give up one goal in the three games against boston yeah, it was like 98 out of 99 saves or something like ridiculous. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, like, can you, like, and that's like the first time that, that Carolina swept Boston in a, in a regular season since 2011-2012. And the fact that the way the Hurricanes did in the most dominant fashion, like 16-1 to 1 in goals in those three games. And like two of them were absolute blowouts. It was like 7-1 and 6-0. I think, I think both of those were in Boston too. Yeah, the 3 0, the first one, that was in Raleigh. And yeah. then that was during like the first stretch before we lost the game. And then, yeah, 7 yeah, 1 and 6 0 up there. I, you love it. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm so happy. Boston's so annoying. I'm sorry if you're a Boston fan as well, anyone listening, <laughs> but I, yeah. Boston sports fans are so annoying. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're an interesting breed for sure. But yeah, it's like my, 
my parents were actually in Boston. They live in Boston, but they were actually at the game last night and they were absolutely loving it. Like, like everyone was super loud to start the game. And then it just, everyone got quiet and started leaving early after it was like five, nothing. It was just, it was amazing to see they're just high-fiving Hurricanes fans as they're leaving the arena and stuff like that. So it's, it's always good to go into Boston and let them know that like, yeah, we might have a Prius, but it uh, runs better than your Lambo. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. He said that, and then his team went on to lose 13 to one over the next two games against us. Like what yeah. a, that man, uh, yeah. Brad Marchand. Well, and, the, and, the, and the fact that Trochex just absolutely lays him out too, with the shoulders, the amazing, like, yeah. like, like, ed, like an edge WWE, like spear just drops him with like, no problem. It's like, Brad Marchand cannot help himself. Like, dude, like six games, like, all right, have fun watching your team get absolutely spanked and all that. So and the thing is like Pasternak never really heard much from all game outside of the first period. He kind of had a couple chances, but you take away Bergeron and Marchand Pasternak is kind of, he's all right though. It's, it was interesting. The fact that you didn't really hear much from Pasternak pretty much all game. Yeah. That's what I was talking about when I mentioned McDavid at the beginning, normally like, whoever the other team's best player is Jacob Slavin just like eliminates them. And, oh, yeah. and like, we're left to fight with the rest of the team is what it feels like. Jacob Slavin is so underrated is it sickens me when you see like these projected USA rosters for like world cups or Olympics. And it's always like, Oh yeah. Jacob Slavin's nowhere near the third, like the, the D pair. And it's like, you know, he does exist, right? Like you're talking about a guy who averages about four pims a season. What? How do you well, yeah, you and then the thing, and you look at our power, our penalty kill, which is still number one, and that's like his unit. Like he yeah. is Mister Penalty Kill. Um, you can't not. Ha- I mean, any discussion with USA defensemen should be Slavin and Fox. Like it's not the question. And then, and then, and then everyone else, <laughs> and then fight for the rest. I would put Brett Pesci in there, but that might be a Homer bias. I don't yeah. know, but the rest. Obviously, Slavin and Fox should be the first oh, pair. Yeah, Move for on. Sure. like <laughs> yeah, for sure. The fact that like how like and everyone keeps saying it. Rod said it. Aho said it. Like Svechik, almost everyone in Carolina has said it that Jacob Slavin is a pro's pro. He knows what he's doing. He locks down pretty much everyone, and he barely takes any penalties. Yeah, he doesn't score a lot of goals because that's just not his game. And the fact that it's like it's almost disrespecting to him for the fact that you would rather have other guys over him. And it's like no, that's not how it works. You don't have the number one penalty kill in the entire league for the fact that, oh, yeah, they went five for five last night. And they had three of those to kill off in the first period. No, actually, it was the first half of the first period. They had to kill three penalties off, and they killed five the entire game. Like, I don't remember another year where our penalty kill was that dominant, where you're almost lights out every night. And was it like 20, was it like 28 for 28? And that stupid long streak we had. I want to say got into the thirties, but I, it might, I it might have, it might have, it, it might have gotten to the thirties, but the, the penalty kill unit is just absolutely insane. Like I've never seen another penalty kill unit be that dominant for long stretches multiple times. Yeah. Although to be fair, Ottawa hit two posts on one of their, like a single power play against us. Like if that net was a little bigger, those numbers would not be as good, but Hey, yeah. it is what it is. They didn't yeah. score on the power play. Yeah, for sure. And I love for the fact that in the Boston game, it was Vincent Trocek, our lovable Prius, scores the first goal of the game, was just 
so great how he did it too. Just right place, right time, buried at home, made a one nothing, and on the power play too. Like you can't beat that. Yeah, and and then how about the start of the third period where they like ran into our goalie, thought they scored, challenged it, and then I'm pretty sure we scored on that power play that we got from them challenging it. Right, that was so, the Aho. That was Sebastian goal? Aho between the legs goal. That was just chef's kiss, amazing, absolute sorcery of how that puck went in like off the skate off his stick in between his legs and just slid it home like he didn't roof it he just slid it right across and into the net oh yeah i don't even know if it hit the back of the net it just like like slid into the net like i don't even know if it like had enough momentum to go all the way in like yeah just 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 nonchalantly goes in it's like all right all right we'll take it hey not gonna complain a goal's a goal and how about the captain Finally oh, scores man. his third goal of the season too, but it's so nice that he finally, like he get the monkey off his back. And the way he tipped it in too, like it, it just felt good to see the captain finally score one after a pretty long drought. I mean, he's got he's getting a lot of assists, so it's not like he's not getting points. But it felt nice to see him score a goal though. Yeah, if they can jumpstart him, that would be lovely. Like, if we can get anything out of him offensively, that's just a bonus. Like, obviously, he wins critical faceoffs. He's a big part of that penalty kill as well. But, I mean, those things alone warrant his roster spot still. But if he can get anything offensively, that's just a bonus. I love it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Even even Brett Pesci scored in this game, which is, you love to see Brett Pesci score. That was his third of the season, too. And just Andre Svechikov was an absolute snipe. I, they're saying it might have bounced off of Trocek's back when he was sliding across. Either way, though, I mean, that was a really nice goal. For the fact, that he, he, like, he like threaded the needle between five guys and still roofed it. Like, only Andre Svechikov could, like, somehow magically just snipe a puck through five guys and no issue whatsoever. Yeah, he has been unreal. Um, he had a really nice start to the season. I think he scored in, on the opening night game against the Islanders, but mm-hmm. then he had he had a little rough pet rough patch again, just like last season. But yeah. he's really come on in 2022. He's been a force, and oh, yeah, that's fantastic. And that's the thing that everyone's ever worried about the last couple of years. Like, is he ever going to get a full 200 game? Because he's always offense. You don't really see him do a whole lot of defense. It seems like this year, like he, whatever happened in the off season or whatever he's done with rod, it's like, he's gone from mostly offensive minded to a full on 200 foot player and throwing the body. Like Sveshikov is on another level that I think is surprising a lot of people, but also people are enjoying it. Because you're seeing what Andrei Svechikov can do. Because we all saw what happened against Vancouver. He spun off that check, no problem. Still got into Marty Nietzsche's. And Marty scored. But the fact that the reverse checks, perfect stick pl- stick placement on defense, too, in, in, our, in the defensive zone. He's kickstarted a lot of these on-man rushes just based on what he's done on his defense. It seems like it's it went to another level. And it's just great to see. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm so happy. I just who knows the sky is like the limit for him. Like other people, like you never, you know, they're never going to be like 
like a 50 goal scorer, but like that's on the table for him. Like he can definitely do that. It's just, you never know. Like he's going to just keep growing. Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I know you mentioned earlier about uh, D'Angelo and the fact that like that fight um, in the first period, I want to get your thoughts on that because I, I, I know you said it on Twitter, but for people who aren't usually on Twitter, we usually just listen to the podcast, but like, what are your thoughts on Tony Angelo being that guy this year for us? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The BetMGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports. Now in more markets than ever. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. To where it's like if someone does something stupid to one of our star players, he'll step in and do that. Like, give me your thoughts on that with how he's been doing that for the Hurricanes this year. Yeah, my main opinion is you really need someone to do it. I truthfully don't care who it is. I would rather it not be um, like a skill player. Like, I don't want like Svetch would do it. Mm-hmm. If like Rod came to him and was like, all right, you need to do it. Like, he would do it. He doesn't no. back down. Like, you don't want that skill sitting in the penalty box for five minutes for fighting. And, I mean, you can make the argument you don't want Tony D'Angelo's skill because I think we did end up getting a power play when he was still in the box because I remember there was a point where Slavin was running the first power play for a little bit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want that either. But we just really lacked someone with the willingness to do it. Like, we brought in Joel Edmondson. We brought in Yanni Hockenpah. We brought in oh, physical players over the past few years. Yeah. And, like... I think maybe the intent with bringing them in was that they'd be that guy, but they were big, but they never really were that guy. So yeah. it's good to see someone do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it definitely is. I think it sets the tone in the mindset is the fact of like, you know, there was, I forget what game it was where like, I think that someone got into Freddie's grill and then Tony came and defended him. And then Freddie Anderson jumped into that melee too, after that, because he saw that, you know, Tony was sticking up for him. And the fact that multiple guys were getting into it, and like, it seems like and even guys have even said too, like they love the fact that Tony jumps in and helps these guys out. Like, yeah, he's on a one-year deal, but he's that guy who's going to stick up for his teammates. And like you said, it's, it definitely is a tone setter for how the game's going to go. Like if you go after our star players, we have a guy who's not going to be afraid to go and, you know, drop the gloves and, you know, throw hands, which. Yeah, like I haven't seen that in a while. So it's definitely a big difference when you have a guy that's willing to do that. 
Yeah, it's old school NHL, man. We used to have that fourth line, the checking line that like yeah. the Red Wings. I grew up a Red Wings fan, and you know, you had Iserman, uh, Fedorov, all those guys up top, and then you had the grind line at the bottom with like Darren McCarty, who like no matter what would happen, he would just go out and fight someone. And that was like seventy five percent of why he was on the roster. It was just to protect Iserman and Fedorov and those skilled players go out there and fight their battles for him. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, I think that, like you said earlier, I think that really did wake the guys up and set the tone for the Boston game last night. Cause at that point, I think it was, it was either zero, zero, so, or it was just one, nothing. And that was a hit on Aho. Yeah. It was clean, but it was kind of like, all right. Yeah. You don't really want to start, you know, thinking you're going to start knocking all our guys over and stuff like that and set the tone. So I think it definitely, Tony let them know it's like, hey, we're not doing that tonight. Because you know how it is with Boston. If they're down one nothing, they automatically start going after players and try to goon it up because that's just Boston's game. Like, they're not fast. They're a physical team. So I think that's what they're trying to do, and D'Angelo's like, nah, <laughs> we're not having that tonight. And it's worked for them before. Like, I don't have the details in front of me, but I'm pretty positive it was game four in the mm-hmm. 2020 playoffs where yep. – it was game four. Uh, yeah. We were down we were down two one in the series. I think we were up maybe one nothing or two one going into the third uh, against the Bruins. That's the same game where Reimer came like way out of his net and then they scored on him, if you remember yeah. that. But oh yeah. Someone someone like ran over Stahl and just like no one cared. Yeah. Like I felt like that moment we quit. Like no yeah. one like he's your captain. I don't care if the hit was clean. Like yeah. stand up, have some fight. And like we didn't. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, I guess we just waved the white flag on the season. And then we lost that game. We lost game five and we were golfing. So, yeah, pretty much. So cool. now I'm curious to see how the playoffs are going to be when you have the team like we have right now. And, and that's another thing that like, I keep seeing on Twitter, people are like, oh, well, we might be able to go and get this guy, this guy, and this guy, because we were linked to so many players. But then it's like, I've had this conversation with multiple people. Yeah. You go after someone. One, who do you get rid of? And two, where do you place them in a lineup? And who are you going to take out of the lineup to replace them with? Because we were talking like the 2006 Hurricanes. Yeah, you actually had to add guys to that roster. 2009 had to add guys to that roster too. It seems like with this year's team, I don't really see a whole lot of question marks because it seems like almost everyone's playing to their game and they're playing to their strengths. And like there's even parts where it's kind of hard to take guys out of the lineup. Like you, like who do you put in because everyone's playing so well, like, you know, you have what's going on with like Ethan bear and, you know, or with Ian Cole or Brendan Smith, you know, Martin hooks out. Do you bring him in? Take Derek step on out. Do you bring him in? I mean, do you see any possible upgrades? Cause for me, it's tough. I don't really see any without either giving up the farmer. Yeah. You're having to scratch guys who are, doing their role and producing for this team yeah upgrades is obviously going to be tough uh, especially with the cap situation we don't have a lot of flexibility to go out and go get an upgrade like a Claude Giroux is someone I've seen um, his name on rumor mills obviously you'd love to have him but like one how do you pay him he's making over eight million two where do you play him like yeah, pretty sure he's a center, right? Like, where would yeah. he go? Like, sure, <laughs> where, it'd be great to the... have him. Yeah. yeah. Like, if Trocek got hurt or something, knock on wood. But <laughs> if that were to happen, yeah, it'd be great to have a guy like Claude Giroux. But, like, unless, like, you, you don't want to, like, put him on, like, the 
third line wing. Like, I, like, I don't know what you would do with that. Um, what I would like to see, and you mentioned the 06 team where they um, made those trades like right around the trade deadline. One was before and then one was on it with Doug Waite and Mark Recchi. But like mm-hmm. going out and getting guys that have like established, like and I saw it with the Red Wings growing up too, they would go out and get, you know, a player that's like 38 years old, never won a cup. Like the Panthers kind of have that kind of guy, Joe Thornton. I don't, is he still playing? Like, I haven't yeah, yeah, seen yeah. much from him. Yeah, he, but, yeah he's like, somebody there. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like that who's like been around, you know, doesn't need star minutes, can just kind of get scratched some nights, but be there if you need him. Like a veteran kind of guy on uh, a forward. Like, I don't know who that would be, but someone like that, maybe like an Eric Stahl type. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Bring Eric back. Why not have one last round for a cup in Carolina? Yeah, I mean, like, have him around. Like, he doesn't need to – like, he doesn't care if he's getting scratched. Like, he can be there. You can practice with the team. can come in. He could play, replace his brother in the lineup for a game, give him a break, replace KK, give him a break, and kind of just, like, rotate in, keep people fresh. Yeah. That kind of thing I'd like, but I don't see, like, an improvement somewhere. Um, people talk about Jacob Chikrin, John Klingberg. But, like, I don't where, know where, where do how we him? afford him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you don't want to give up the farm. Because if you look at Chicago, we have a bunch of good guys, and even Don Waddell says like you don't really want to have like he's like we want to have draft picks, so we're okay with giving up prospects. We don't want to give up the prospects for a rental. Because he even said rentals work for one for a couple teams. So it's like the thing with what I like about Don Waddell is like he looks at he looks at short term and long term. Like he doesn't want to just blow up the farm system for a couple of guys because then how are you going to resign them? Because you, because we all got to remember, we got to re-sign KK if we want to keep him around. Like, there's a lot of guys that are going to need contract extensions pretty soon. So it's like, you do, do you want to go get another rental when you have a bunch of other guys you need to keep? Or like, like you said, Claude Giroux, where do you put them? You can't put them in the second center role. You can't put them in the third because you can't put them on a wing spot. And then, like you said, cap situation, <laughs> you're going to have to get rid of somebody. So. For me, it's it's definitely a lot harder than in terms of finding a guy that's going to be an upgrade. It's more so of if you bring a guy in, it's more so for depth purposes. And even if that, you still have you know Josh Levo, you got Noison, you got like all the, and you have Chaff. I love Levo, by the way. Oh, Levo, Levo's great. And then um, oh, we have another guy. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Drury. Uh, like you got him too, yeah. so it's not like it's not like Chicago's got no one down there. Like we do have the best AHL team in the entire league down there, so it's like the depth is so deep that you can really pull guys up because we did that this year already. We had to pull up like what six, seven guys from Chicago, and still kept winning games. So it's like it's almost of do you really need to get other guys from other teams when you have a, a, a organization that's kind of deep from top to bottom. Yeah, I. This is going to be a tough off season. I know it's not exactly what you were just saying, but I have cap friendly yeah. pulled up, and like KK is restricted free agent. Nino Trocheck, Stepan, are all unrestricted free agents. Ian Cole's unrestricted. Yeah. Ethan Bears restricted free agent. Tony D'Angelo obviously restricted free agent. It's going to be tough. Like yeah. I don't know how they make the math work. I, uh, I, I, I Natchez too. Natchez needs money. This is going to be yeah. tough. That's what I'm saying. I don't envy Don Waddell's job because you got a lot of contracts that you're going to have to re-sign guys to, and how much you're going to get them for. Because, like you said, that's that's those are names. Those are names that they would go into another roster and easily be top six. 
or top four in defense. Like these aren't just random Joe Schmo guys. It's like, oh, well, he can, we can get rid of him for nothing or whatever. Like, no, these are guys that will be in any in the lineup. They'll need them. So that's just – I don't envy Donald Bell's job at all, how he's going to figure out those contracts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to look at a team like how uh, Pittsburgh and how Chicago have done it, where they really just like keep like their top line and maybe a couple other forwards. And then you just can't afford to keep giving like third line folks money. That's like why we lost Brock McGinn. Yeah. Like I know they wanted to keep him like Rod loves him, but he was just making too much money. I mean, you can't afford it. We it lost flexibility by yeah. paying third line guys that much money. Cause you can bring in folks like a Drury who's going to do well. You can bring in Josh Levo who's not making that much money. Yeah. They can, they can do it out there. That's how you have to do it. When you got to pay these star players, you can't be paying like your third, fourth line players, like three, 4 million. That's just not possible. Yeah. No, you like, you can't have guys, you can't have like three or four guys making over 10 million. Cause it like Toronto, Chicago at some points, like, like if you have four guys each making nine plus million, 10 plus million you're really shoestring in the rest of your lineup. And you really got a lot, you got to circumnavigate a lot of the cap stuff. And I think like with Carolina is the fact that they've done it so well. It's like, there's still flexibility, but like, it's the fact that you have four lines coming at you. You have three D pairs coming at you. It's not just, Oh, we have a top six and then nobody else. Like we're not Arizona or Buffalo or Montreal. Like these teams that are just, Ew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's gonna be interesting. I just want to get your thoughts on that because it, it's definitely gonna be an interesting trade deadline and offseason situation for the hurricanes because it's like Carolina's in a spot where it's like for the trade deadline, it's kind of like they can almost have people come to them and be like, This is what we'll give you for this guy. So it's almost like Carolina is in a good spot where it's like teams are gonna be desperate to get their players, and Carolina's not like, oh, we're selling and we're desperate. It's like we don't really have to make moves. It's just, do you want to make moves with us? So it's almost like kind of a good problem to be in. Yeah. I have one prediction that I'm not saying I want this to happen. I'm not saying I would do this, right? but I just want to put it out into the universe in case it happens. So I can say I called it. Um, the one thing, just looking at how they've been playing, looking at like cap friendly, the one name that comes to mind for me is Natchez. He's going to be due for a big raise. He, I, we love him, right? I'm not critiquing oh, yeah. Natchez, but over his past three seasons, he's done well, but he hasn't taken many next steps. I yeah. think I would argue this year he's taken a step back. Yeah. Um, I, I guess point, the points aren't there. He makes at least one obvious turnover or fans on a shot, fans on a pass, does something like every game. I think he's got a ton of talent. He makes a lot of plays for us. He's done really well in the penalty kill. Normally, he's really good in overtime. Uh, we're not talking about the Toronto game for that. Yeah. But I just think he could be a piece where we could trade if they don't think they're going to sign him long term. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they've already come to that decision, I'm not saying they have, but like say they know they're not going to pay him $5 million a year, which is yeah. probably what he wants. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe that could be someone we move. And that just, it's possible. Yeah, it, it would suck to see that happen, but I do get what you're saying. I could, I could, I could definitely see that as a possibility because, because uh, you don't want to give a guy like him like he's good, but it's like not five million a season type guy. Where it's like you were talking to guys who are like, 
Seth Jarvis in a couple of years or Tabo Teravinen, guys like that where like you know their lights out consistently where Marty's like he'll have that stretch where he's on it and then there'll be some stretches where it's like he's kind of there. So I get I, I could definitely see where Nietzsche's might be in that we don't really want to lose him, but there's might be a possibility we might have to just for longevity's sake of the team. So no, I definitely get that. I could see that happening. But before we get to the fan questions, so I know you co-founded Porsche for Scores. I know a lot of people are really active on that in terms of Twitter, but in terms of people who are not really on Twitter or stuff like that or social media, like what made you decide to do that? And like, what was the overall goal? Like, what do you actually guys do at Porsche for Scores for people who don't really know what's going on with your guys' group? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for asking about Force for Scores. So it's a really interesting thing. It's not something that was just like planned out and then executed on. It was born from me watching Hurricanes games um, during a COVID lockdown where we couldn't go to games, couldn't go to like a bar with friends to watch the game. Pretty much we were all sitting in our house uh, tweeting at each other about the game. And I was just like, I just throw stuff on the at the wall on Twitter. You know, I just like say stuff. So one game I was like, just sitting there. I just got a case of Storm Brew. Nice. I was like, I'll shock, I'll shotgun a beer if Mark, if uh, Vincent Trocek scores. And then like the next period he scored. So I was like, all right, we're doing this. So like, just to like prove people, like, I don't want to just be like, I did it and like tweet that, like I shotgunned it. So I was like, all right, let's just record a video. So I got my girlfriend uh, to record me shotgunning a beer. And then I don't know if you remember how he started last year, but he scored like every game in like the first month or so. Like he was yeah. just like, obviously yeah. like not every game but it felt like it yeah um so i was like all right he scored again i'll do it again and that happened and i just like kept going and then there was one point where he scored like a shootout winner so i was like all right i gotta take it to the next level so i like went into my shower and like yelled like vincent trochek and like poured a beer all over myself <laughs> in the shower and like it got a lot of like attention like vincent trochek ended up like messaging me about it he thought it was really funny so that was cool <laughs> that's awesome um, and and then he got hurt or something and he was out for a game. So I just like tweeted, like, since Trocek's out, does anyone else want to drink when someone else scores? Yeah. And like pretty much everyone signed up. Like everyone's like, all right, well, I'm drinking if uh, Brock McGinn scores and I'm drinking if Nino Niederreiter scores. And then I just like kept going. People were posting videos, um, not necessarily like shotgunning beers. Uh, we have people that are like drinking Capri Suns, just like drinking water, doing TikTok little things and stuff like all kinds of crazy things right right and then and then mary uh uh at uh the chat pack 2020 on twitter uh messaged me one day and it's like this could like be something let's like make an account and like share these videos and do stuff with it so right. like all right so we created uh pours for scores created a logo um made a twitter account and then we started like retweeting all the videos and then I had the idea of uh, pledging $1 for every video we got last season. And long story short, we ended up 
getting a lot of folks that wanted to donate for other things. And we've uh, rallied the rallied the troops around certain causes, um, like the Blackhawk situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we found a, a good charity to kind of uh, combat some of that stuff. And we ended up raising like $1,000 in one night for that. Wow, that's so awesome. That's, yeah, it's it's been crazy. So we're really just figuring out as it goes. Um, the donations have been a little more challenging this season just because I did a career change. Mary's pregnant. Or yeah. She's having a baby soon. So it's been a little tough on the, the donation side, but we right. are getting back on the donations. Uh, actually, we're coming up with something pretty big right now. Um, it probably has already been uh, announced at this point when you're listening to this, but uh, Harrison, I'm not sure if you saw the broadcast last night, but mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole GoFundMe campaign. Uh, like Trip Tracy's tweeted out, Mike Maniscalco talked about it on the broadcast. So we're going to do some work to help them and try and raise some money over the next few games. But yeah, it's just really turned into, you know, people picking a player, celebrating when they score and just creating funny like graphics on Twitter and just trying to help folks that can't be at the game, right. um, you know, have, have like a group of people to interact with. Yeah, it's been fun. No, that's awesome. And the funny thing too is because I was actually, you know, started doing that with you guys too. And it's been a lot of fun doing that, especially when you have Nino Nino like, you know, doing the, um, you know, the Metallica, you know, parody of that with his name and stuff like that. And just everyone's scoring and stuff like that. But the funny thing is I actually, cause I know you guys had this form about signing up for certain games and whatnot. I actually, I don't know if you guys got it or not, but I actually pledged to sponsor the Rangers game on the 20th of March. Cause that's my birthday. And we're going to be there for that game. So I'm pledging a dollar for every shot on goal that the, the, the Hurricanes have that game. And I'll donate that uh, dollar amount for uh, Porsche scores. So awesome. Love to see it. Yeah. Anything yeah. we can do, it's it's hard to um, raise it. We've raised like over $10,000, but it's hard to you know keep it all going. It needs to be more like a community effort. Yeah. So that's kind of where we're trying to take it in the future. Right. But yeah. who knows? We're just having fun. Yeah, right. For sure. Yeah. It's definitely a lot of fun. So yeah, that's why I plan on doing it for my birthday is like however many shots on goal they have. And I think that Friday when I get like, I plan on doing like, cause we usually get paid every week at work. So like that upcoming Friday after the game, I'm going to donate the shots on goal total uh, per dollar for every shot in that game. So excited to do that and sponsoring that game. So which is funny enough when you're talking about certain players uh, jumping into the fan questions, this one was actually in particular kind of wraps up kind of nicely into that whole thing uh good friend of ours of the podcast uh beth from wonder beffers on twitter how does zach choose the poor for scores person meaning the universal drink what goes into you picking a certain player or is it like a, a group chat type situation of like who do you how do you guys pick out your universal drink for that particular game yeah so we have a team of like eight of us that run the pours for scores account during the games and um pretty much we do it day of every time and like at like 9 a.m in the morning i come in and would like normally there's someone like like used to play for our opponent or Mm -hmm. it's it's their like 500th game or something like that those ones are easy yeah or like someone will just be like all right i'm running it tonight let's do martinook i'm like okay (laughs) so like we try and mix it up um yeah, there's not really much science that goes into it. So right. what? let's try and – so, like, for example, on the spot, like, we're playing Minnesota uh, tomorrow, Saturday, so probably going to be Nino Niederreiter. 
Uh, it might Makes be wrong, sense. but I, that's what I would do. And yeah, I would well, just yeah, we kind of have to. You kind of have to at that point. Like, why not? Right? Yeah. So that's probably where that one would would be. So that that's just typically what we do. And then we got the Panthers coming up next after that on the 16th. Normally we do tro check for the Panthers, but who knows? Maybe we'll do something else. But yeah. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting how that how it worked out. So yeah. So thank you, Beth, for saying that question. That's awesome. Uh, I got another one from our good buddy Enric. Enric underscore k8 on twitter he does a score for he does a video for almost every goal so that dude is a legend on poor for scores videos uh he he asked this question if you could have a signed puck from any player who would it be zach i'm gonna refer to you first if you could pick any player just to have a signed puck of who would you pick Okay, so good question. Uh, he asks probably because I posted a picture of my puck collection and I... Which is impressive. Have, I am... That is amazing, by the way. Fantastic it's collection. A, it's a sickness. Uh, <laughs> but uh, current players, I mean, I have most of them. Uh, if I were to do a current player, it would be Freddie. I don't have anything Freddie yet. Right. Um, and my all-time player that I really want, uh, Archer Zerbe. Uh, I've been looking for one for him. Gotta love herbs. He's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta love herbs. Yeah. For me, if I had to go current, I would definitely see Jacob Slavin because he's my dude. Um, Aho would be a good one too. Sveshikov. I definitely, if I had to go current, definitely Slavin. Former Hurricane or just all time Hurricane. (sighs) Gotta go Roddy. He he was my first Hurricanes player, man. Like he was my first ever favorite Hurricane. Um, It's just, it somehow just worked out. It was him. I mean, Team came around '97. I was following the team a whole lot. You know, as a kid, I was like six at the time. But then when we get Rod Brendamore, it's like, okay, this is the guy. So I would say all time we have to be Rod Brendamore because how how can you not? Yeah. So quick story. So one way I've got a lot of signed pucks. Uh, so back in the pre-COVID days, um, you used to be able to go like to practices and then stay after practice. And as the players are leaving, sometimes they'd stop and sign stuff. And um, one one game, uh, well, one practice, I waited for Brindamore, and I got him to sign a puck, but I handed him a Sharpie, and it, like, wasn't writing. And he was, like, trying to sign it with this, like, Sharpie that wasn't writing. And <laughs> oh, he just, like, man. looked at me in the eyes and was like, you need to get a better pen, man. And I was like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, man, dude. <laughs> I would be, I would be so gutted to be like, I let you down. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is our only interaction. And I I'm so down. sorry. <laughs> I just be devastated. Like, no, I'm so sorry, Rod. I didn't mean it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. All right. So one last question from uh, Samantha Winsmer. Uh, what do you think of the goalie trio in Chicago? Do you think Lion is a good addition to the organization? Um, I definitely think Lion is a good addition to the organization. He's really good. Um, obviously she asked cause he came over from the, from the flyers organization. And if she covers, uh, Lehigh Valley for the phantoms, um, I think, I think lion's good. You know, he did, had a couple since already with the big club this year. He's played really well. I, I, I think he's a great addition to the team. I see no problem with him. Um, the trio in Chicago, I think it's an, it's an interesting trio. I know Jack LaFontaine still trying to get, you know, you know, trying to get used to the system and, and, you know, with Chicago and all that. And, They've been on a weird kind of run recently where like they win games and lose games. So it's definitely interesting how he's trying to adjust to that. But um, overall, I, th- I like the trade down in Chicago. It's good to know that we have a good depth for goalies down there with the Wolves. 
And I think I think Line is a good good guy to have in an organization because it all depends on what happens with the goalie tandem next year. I could definitely see Lion at some point maybe being a backup to like Freddie or however that shakes out. Cause I know at some point you really can't keep Ranta and Freddie Anderson, but if Lion becomes like that backup goalie in the future in the next like year or two, I think it'd be a great, I think he was, I think he's a great guy to have within the organization for goalies. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts on the trio down in Chicago and with having the addition of Alex Lyon, part of the Carolina organization? Yeah, I think it's really good the way we have it kind of set up where you have Lyon, who is that guy who's got some NHL experience, not a ton, but he's been there. Yeah. Um, it's similar to how we have the other positions, right? Where we have like Levo. Um, we have guys like that that have got some NHL games under him. We can throw him in at a moment's notice. But it's good to also have the developmental pieces down there, right? Like LaFontaine and uh, McIniemi. Yeah. So it's good to have those guys that are getting, like, it would be bad if we just had E2 and LaFontaine, because then I would worry about either of them having to come up and play just because they lack that yeah. NHL experience. Yeah. But it's good to have both. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a great thing to have. So, yeah. So thank you, Samantha. And thank everyone else for your fan questions. Love answering fan questions. You guys have been bringing it for the last couple weeks for the first two episodes. So thank you. Thank you so much. But before we go, uh, Zach, I just want to say thank you so much for being able to join me today. It was fun talking. You know, at least about the Bruins game, kind of kind of stunk having to recap the Ontario games. But overall, it was a great episode. Thank you for, you know, sharing to everyone what Pours for Scores is about. And like I said, just thank you so much for being able to come on, man. And where can people find you and your guys' group, uh, Pours for Scores, out on the socials? Yeah, thanks for having me, Zach. It's a good time. Um, pretty easy finds on socials at Zach on Twitter. And then at Pours for Scores, also on Twitter. Um, we get a little involved on uh, Instagram and stuff, but Twitter is the place to find us for sure. Yeah, no, sounds good. And if you guys want to find the podcast, you can find it at the SearchCast on Twitter. Uh, not really on Facebook and Instagram very much. It's kind of hard with those areas with just how traffic is. I'm more of a Twitter person myself. So yeah, find the SearchCast on Twitter. If you click the link in the bio, you can find where to find this podcast and all podcast platforms. And make sure to check out Primo X Hockey, where they have all hockey equipment you can need from, you know, pucks, tape, you know, uh, you know, stick protectors and stuff like that. Make sure to check them out. They're a great group of guys and they're based in Raleigh. So support local businesses. And then Bonfire, we actually just uploaded our merch store. So if you want to get a cool T-shirt or a hoodie, make sure to check that out because it helps support the podcast. And then you can find me at Sealy Zach on Twitter keep up to date with anything Carolina Hurricanes related or just sports in general or for my nerdy side D&D because why not it's it's just to have fun like I said Zach thank you so much for having me uh, being able to come on today man and talking with me about Carolina Hurricanes hockey yeah thanks for having me man last question though who's yes. your Super Bowl pick this is coming out Sunday right Super Bowl pick uh yeah Sunday uh Bengals <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of whatever about both teams. I'm a Browns fan. So it is what it is. I, not really too worried about that game. I'm not even going to watch it, to be honest. Who's your pick? Oh, um, not watching the Super Bowl. That's like, I'm, it's unheard of. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Lions fan. So I guess Stafford, but yeah, I, I get that. It's, yeah. I'm happy it's, either it's, way. Burrow's fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Burrow's definitely an interesting guy. 
But that will wrap up today's episode. And until next time, I'll see you guys later at the Curse Cast. place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you could get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details